This is Ergasia Digest, a weekly roundup of news from the world of faith, work, economics and theology, arranged and presented by Brendan Byrne. Hello and welcome to Ergasia Digest number three a weekly roundup of news from the world of work, faith, theology, and economics. My name is Brendan Byrne, and I have the pleasure of being your host. Ergasia Digest acts as a supplement to regular episodes of Ergasia by highlighting news about work and economics and posing questions that tie these news items to considerations of faith and theology. It will not necessarily be the purpose of Ergasia Digest to suggest or supply answers to the questions which then arise, merely to provide food for thought for listeners' own reflection. And so, here is the news. The Age reports that the Shop Distributive and Allied Employees Association has entered into a secret agreement with retailing giant Woolworths to pay staff at so-called dark stores lower wages than other Woolworths employees. This comes in the wake of earlier revelations that the SDA, which supposedly represents staff working in the retail, hospitality and fast food industries, had entered into workplace agreements that resulted in over 250,000 workers being paid less than the award minimum. The new agreement is set to affect nearly 400 staff. The so-called dark stores have been created to pack and ship online delivery orders as Woolworths attempts to counter the influence of e-commerce giant Amazon and its arrival in the Australian market but the details of the new agreement only came to light after union activists and journalists were able to access information about pay and other conditions, despite a ruling by the Fair Work Commission that such details were to be kept secret because they were, quote-unquote, commercial in confidence. Experts in the area of industrial relations have described the Commission's decision to not publish the agreement's pay rates as extraordinary. Meanwhile, in Switzerland, The Guardian reports that human rights campaigners have filed a criminal complaint with that country's Attorney General, alleging embezzlement in the acquisition of a copper mine in the Democratic Republic of Congo by the Anglo-Swiss multinational Glencore. The accusation comes in the wake of the release of the Paradise Papers, which detail how wealthy individuals and corporations move their profits and income streams between national tax jurisdictions and so-called tax havens in order to reduce or altogether avoid paying tax. According to the complaint, documents contained within the Paradise Papers indicate that Glencore entered into improper arrangements with diamond businessman Dan Gertler in which one of Mr. Gertler's offshore companies received a $45 million loan in return for Mr. Gertler using his influence with the DRC government to help secure a joint 
venture mining agreement between the government and Glencore. This despite previous claims by Glencore that the agreement was negotiated at arm's length and on a commercial basis. The legal complaint comes a month after three Glencore executives were forced to resign after an investigation into accounting practices by Canada's Ontario Securities Commission. Moving to the United States, and the Economic Policy Institute reports that from the beginning of 2018, 18 US states will raise their minimum wage rates by between $0.35 and $1 an hour. These increases are the result either of legislation or ballot measures approved by voters, while some states will have automatic increases that adjust wages to keep pace with inflation. The EPI estimates that 4.5 million low-wage workers will benefit as a result. However, the EPI also reports that these measures are being undermined on two fronts. The first is at the federal level, where the federal minimum wage has not increased since 2009 and has not kept pace with increases to productivity since the late 1960s. The second comes in the form of a proposed rule by the Department of Labor, which would enable employers to retain tips paid by employees for the purpose of distributing such tips to all staff within a business. Crucially, however, without actually mandating that employers must distribute any tips thus retained. Under present DOL rules, it is illegal for employers to retain employees' tips, although research indicates that at least 12% of employees are having their tips stolen by their employer or supervisor. Under the proposed rule, employers could legally retain employees' tips without being required to actually distribute such tips to all employees. The EPI estimates that as a result, $5.8 billion in tips could be legally stolen from workers, many of whom require tips to supplement their minimum or below minimum wages. Finally, the Nikkei Asian Review reports that Cambodia stands to lose $700 million per year if the EU suspends its preferential trade arrangements with that country. The threat of suspension comes in the wake of the Cambodian government's crackdown on opposition political parties, most notably the recent forced dissolution of the Cambodian National Rescue Party. If the suspension proceeds, Cambodia will be forced to pay $676 million in annual taxes on Europe-bound exports. In 2016, Cambodia exported $6.2 billion worth of products to Europe, with the EU accounting for 70% of Cambodia's garment exports. The resulting impact of any suspension on the Cambodian economy would place the jobs of 400,000 workers in jeopardy. What are the theological implications of this week's economic news? If Christians are called by their understanding of economy into a relational way of life, one that prioritises the dignity of every human person 
over the claims of profit or self-interest, then similarly the claims of the powerless and voiceless in society are prioritised over the claims of the powerful and the influential. This is not a mere preferential option for the poor. It is an assertion of human dignity over every consideration by which that dignity might be undermined. This being the case, a Christian theology of work would ask what is being promoted when a powerful commercial interest and a powerful advocacy interest, such as a trade union, conspire to deliver substandard employment conditions in return for closed shop access. What is being promoted when the agency responsible for oversighting such arrangements actually facilitates them by ensuring that parties with a legitimate interest in knowing the terms of such agreements are unable to do so. What is being promoted when powerful corporations are able to exercise their commercial influence to decide the outcome of government bidding and tendering processes, processes that are supposed to be undertaken for the benefit of society as a whole. What is being promoted when the capacity of the poorest and most economically marginal citizens to support themselves is undercut by the consequences of either economic ideology or political expediency? Is human dignity the beneficiary of such processes and outcomes? Is a relational, shared way of living? So as I leave you with these questions to ponder, we come to the end of Ergasia Digest number 3. I hope to have the pleasure of your company in future. For more information, visit the website at www.ergasia.podbean.com. I am your host, Brendan Byrne. Goodbye for now. You have been listening to Ergasia Digest, a weekly roundup of news from the world of faith, work, economics and theology. For more information, please go to www.ergasia.podbean.com. Thank you.